are excited for it's a good it's a good service to bring your family to Christmas Eve service and they'll it's gonna be the music's gonna be off the chain as uh, as we're used to no I can't help I'm hip Bella it's just you have, you have a hip grip <clears throat> any any newly married couples here you guys, anybody there, anybody else? <clears throat> so, beautiful Mary and I made a decision when we were first married 43 years ago to never go to bed angry at each other. We haven't slept since Thursday. <clears throat> I asked beautiful Mary uh, why she married me. And uh, she said, it's because you're so funny, you make me laugh all the time. I said, I thought it was because I was so handsome and charming. She said, see, you're hilarious. Okay. In Luke chapter 2, we have the story, Luke's version, as the man of science, scholarship, and really detail. He write, wrote this book, the book of Acts. So many good narrative insights he gives us. Luke 2, 8, there was in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. Behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, do not be afraid. That, that happens every single time in the Bible someone met an angel. People are afraid. The angel says, don't be afraid. We're like, how can we not be afraid? You're hovering in air. You're t 10 feet tall. And it was a normal human response to when, that, when the veil is torn and angels are visible in this world. And so the angel said, hey, hey, this isn't a bad thing. Don't be afraid. Behold, I bring you good tidings, good news of great joy, which will be for all people. So here's the first sermon being preached about the coming of Christ. And the angel said, it's nothing but good news. In fact, the, 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 the gospel of Christ is defined as good news. The Greek word evangelion for gospel is a compound word, good news. Jesus is good news. I just want to remind you, the angel said, everything's changing. We sang about it today. Jesus changes everything. And the good news of what Christ would do, he broke the curse, the long, dark night of man living under the curse of sin. The influence of Satan was broken when Christ came. He's the day star. He's the deliverer. He's the author of amazing grace. He's almighty God. He's the author and finisher of your faith. He's David's branch. He's the beginning and the end. He's beautiful beyond description. He's Calvary's champion. He's the comforter of the brokenhearted. He is more than a conqueror. He's the deliverer of the bound. He's the day star. He has the everlasting life. He's Emmanuel, God with us. He's, he is the favor of God incarnate, the forgiver of our sins, the giver of favor. He's the glory of God, the good shepherd. He's the healer, the hope giver. He's heaven's Messiah. He's heaven's king. He's the great I am, the way, the truth, the life. I'm the door of the sheep. I'm the bread of life. I'm the light of the world. 
He's the justifier. He's Jesus, Yahshua HaMashiach. He's the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He's the mighty one of Israel. He is the name above all other names. He's the omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent God. He's the Prince of Peace, the conqueror of sin, the redeemer of mankind, the savior of the world. He's truth incarnate. He's the understanding, kind God. He's the vine. We are the branches. He's the word of truth, the word of life, the word of grace. He's the excellent one. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's the zeal of God. Jesus is all those things and more. It's good news. Jesus is good news. To a world that could not know sustained joy, they said, you're about to have great joy. Not a moment, not a flickering moment in a long life, but a long life of great joy. And then they said, here's the reason. For there was born to you this very day, in the city of David, that'd be Bethlehem. Or Bethlehem means house of bread. And also, the Hebrew word there means warrior, house of the warriors. A Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign, a miracle sign to you, is that he won't be sitting on a throne and living in a castle. You'll find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly, there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly coast, all the other angels in heaven, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace, goodwill toward can you imagine there was so much ecstasy in heaven? The angels got it before we got it. They saw the king had come. The redeemer was born. And that angel came to announce that. And all the rest of the angels said, we can't, we, this moment can't be missed. And they tore the curtain wider open and the host of heaven. Glory to God in the highest. And down there on earth, finally peace on earth, goodwill, the good will of God. Oh, God is not at war with us. If he was, it'd be over in a minute, a second. God's at war with sin. He conquered it through his son, Jesus. And then he invited everybody everywhere to know Jesus. Jesus came for everyone. The gospel is for everyone. The birth of Jesus was announced by angels as good tidings of great joy to all people. The very good news is that Jesus came to rescue and redeem everyone. The gospel is for everyone. Salvation is for everyone. That's the good news. There is great joy. I just want to remind Christians that the greatest joy you can know on this earth is to have your sin forgiven. There is great joy in receiving the forgiveness of your sins. There is great joy in being born again. <laughs> there, there, there is great joy in receiving God's love and grace. You were made for that. There is great joy in having a relationship with Jesus Christ. 
good tidings of great joy to all people. Uh, I, I, I just declare this, you're getting your joy back. You're getting your joy back. Getting your joy back. It never left, it's just hidden in the closet. Have you ever looked for the old piece of clothing, an old jacket? or an old, Oh, there it is. It was always there, undiscovered, unworn, but, but it was just waiting for you to find it and put it on. Joyce in the corner say, me, 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 choose me. Choose me. Joy. Ah, wonderful Jesus. When you were born again, the wonderful Holy Spirit moved into you. You are now the temple of the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit moved in, he brought all of his virtues, including joy. Joy now lives within you. 1 Corinthians 6 says, don't you know, know you not that you are the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you. The Holy Spirit, of course, God's omnipresent. He's everywhere at once, but he dwells in the regenerated spirit of the born-again person. And so we are now the temples of the Holy Spirit. Everything he is is in us, waiting to be acknowledged, activated, experienced. Galatians 5 says this, but the fruit of the Spirit, the virtues, the personality, the, the amazing qualities of the Holy Spirit are love and joy. I believe the order is important, their significance. That right after love, the greatest and most powerful gift of the Holy Spirit, work attribute of the Holy Spirit, is joy. Loved people are happy people. Loved people are happy people. I have joy in me, you have joy in you. Love and joy and peace, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, meekness, patience, self-control. I pray for those things every day. I wake them up. Wake up, joy. We named our firstborn daughter Melody Joy. Melody Joy. She's been that her whole life. Hey, Melody. First Peter once describes the quality of the joy that's in our salvation. Whom you've not seen, you love. That's our relationship with God. Though now you do not see him, yet believing, you rejoice with joy inexpressible, unspeakable, and full of glory. I, I, I love that. The, the, the glory that I, the joy that I have is full of the nature of God. It's full of glory. And it's also inexpressible. I don't have enough words in my vocabulary to, to, to communicate. So sometimes it's got to just hit my face muscles with a smile. Sometimes the Bible says shout for joy. The Bible says dance for joy. So sometimes it hits your body. And I, I get it. My, today I'm ministering in this beautiful Catholic church. I get it. But you can have so much joy, your body has to let it out. I was raised, we were Lutherans, and so when I'm going crazy, this is it. That's Lutheran Holy Ghost dancing. Look how wild I'm in. I'm wild. But joy. So the reason why every Christmas your mouth, your face gets sore is that you have to smile for pictures and you're, you're not using your smile muscles enough. 
It takes 34 muscles to smile. If it hurts you to smile, it's because you ain't smiling enough. It's time for some training. You know what? There was something psychological to the, you know, if you make yourself smile, sometimes it just triggers a good response. Just go in the mirror and smile. Every morning when I wake up, I laugh at the person. I dreamed I was young. I wake up with you. Uh, James, uh, oh, a couple points. We are the stewards of our own individual happiness. The level of joy that we choose to live in. Okay, I'm, I'm going to get there. Or as I like to say, excuse me for my crude language, you couldn't be happy when life is crappy. Yeah. You can be happy when life is imperfect. You can be happy when the kids are crazy. You can be happy when your spouse ain't spousing. You can be happy when your job's not jobbing. You can be happy when people, you can be, because you are responsible for your joy. No one can make you feel anything. They can give you opportunities to feel something. You're giving me the opportunity to be unhappy. But I'm not going to take it. You want to drive the devil crazy? Smile and laugh your way through the trial you're in. <laughs> you want to make God happy? Smile in the fire. James 1 says this, verse 2, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, motley trials, King James says. So when life becomes a trial, a test, a furnace, a difficulty, a storm, the Bible says, go reach for your joy. Because your joy isn't dependent on your circumstance. Your joy is dependent on your decision. I choose joy. I will rejoice in the Lord always. And again, rejoice. I love the word rejoice, rejoy. I want to joy again in God's presence. So count it joy. Use your joy to overcome your trial. And verse 3 says, knowing that the trying of your faith produces patience. So here's what we know. I'm going to come out of this trial a better person, a better Christian, with more grace, more anointing, more wisdom. When I know that going in, I can laugh. <laughs> I'm going to come out okay. I know he's going to work it for good. It's like, I love watching sports events that I already know the outcome. There's no nervousness. Oh, yeah, we got it. We won. I already saw it. We're just watching this to see the highlight. We, we You're supposed to live your life like that. I win, and I don't have to go through the stress of knowing. Joy is the spirit of victory in the human soul. Joy is pure victory. 
If the devil can't steal your joy, he can't steal your victory. If the devil can't steal your joy, he can't steal your strength. The Bible says the joy of the Lord is our strength, Nehemiah 8. If the devil can't take your joy, he can't take away your strength, your victory. What God has for you. Habakkuk is a great minor prophet. Only three chapters long, each chapter rich in its revelatory truth. But here's what he said in closing. Though the fig tree, remember that there are four basic ages of, of humanity. The, the people that study things have kind of categorized them. The agrarian age, that's the longest age when agriculture was the main dominant feature for both making a living and surviving. Then the industrial age, then the technological age. And now we call this the information age. Information used to double every 500 years, then every 50 years, then every 10 years. Now I think it doubles every uh, one and a half seconds. Speed of light almost. We're moving so fast. So we're in this, this, this age. But So the Bible is written in an agrarian age. Though the fig tree may not blossom, someone say bummer. So, so it's just not, see, we, we, my, my parents bought a house, 13th place in Glendale. And before, that used to be an orchard, a, I think a grapefruit orchard, oranges and grapefruits. So we had a bunch of grapefruits trees in our, our, our house, front and back. It was fun. And we'd pick them for fun. And, but I have to confess my sin. I can't enjoy a grapefruit without four teaspoons of sugar on it. So I, I think that kind of ruins the nutritional benefit of the grapefruit. And, but back then, when the fig tree didn't blossom, it meant, uh-oh, there's no money to pay the bill. Uh-oh, there's no food. There's no ability to buy hay for the animals. They're higher employed. So, so it affected everything. It goes on. Though, though, though there be no fruit on the vine. So vineyards, both for nutrition and for uh, wine, and the selling of it, and the labor of the olive tree may fail. And the fields, so all the fields of the farm yield no f food. We, we, we have a farm, a couple farmers in our church. One of them has a massive farm, like 5,000 acres. And if, if, if the crop is ruined, that's one year of devastation. It affects everything. It's, it's a massive hit. So everything has gone wrong. And then you flip to the other side of the farm where the animals are. And... Though the flock may be cut off from the fold, and there be no herd in the stall, so all the animals dead or wandered off. So that's a bad day. Let me translate it. Though I get fired from my job, though my investment portfolio is going down instead of up, though I lose my house, though everything financially has gone wrong, that's not the end of my story. Next verse, yet I will, I choose to, I will to rejoice in the Lord my God. I will joy in the God of my salvation. I choose joy to make it through this storm. God's good when life is bad. God's kind when life is unfair. I focus on him. And then he said this in closing, the Lord is my strength. There's joy connected to strength. He will make my feet like deer's feet. He will make me walk upon my high heels. All the lady here were in high heels. There it's right in the Bible. I, 
walking. I'm sorry. It's too, right there. What do you want me to do? Skip over it? So we have in Arizona, northern Arizona, these mountain goats, mountain, you know, sheep. For, I don't know what they're called. They can climb almost the steepest sides of mountains. Little tiny ledges they can get onto. Their feet were designed by God to do all this climbing. They, they jump places. And God, you were made to overcome the most difficult thing you'll ever face. God designed you for high places. And the devil can't keep you from victory, from testimony, from joy, from miracles. He can't do it. For believers, joy doesn't come by chance. Joy comes by choice. I choose joy. I choose joy. David said this, you will show me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. A great descriptor of joy, not just having some, but having so much of it, it overwhelms me. It controls me. It is evident on me. In your presence is fullness of joy. <laughs> I've been in so many Pentecostal environments. Growing, you know, my parents came into Charismatic Renewal. I've had this wonderful experience and brought it experience in, in charismatic Pentecostal things. But in Pentecost, there was almost a tradition that said, the more miserable you were, the more godly you were. Oh, that sister's so holy. Look how miserable she is. She, she carries the sorrow of God all the time. As if God would ever share that with anybody. He might for a moment. It would kill you if it was for a life. Oh, she's just weeping for the sin of the world. Someone already did that. Now, now here's my point. It's, it's, it's good to be, to, humble, to be humble and repentive. And it's good, it's good to care and feel. But it, it's not good to carry the weight of those things. We give those things to Jesus. He gives us joy. He gives us joy. It's so important that we live with that kind of expression. Jesus said in John 15, the whole 14th and 15th chapter, kind of connecting to this climatic, joyous moment. Jesus said, these things have I spoken to you that my joy might remain in you. Ah, first point. It's not my joy, it's his. My joy is fickle. You with me? Come on, last week, every team I rooted for lost. I go, how can I go 0 for 4? One of them lost last second. I was rooting for the Raiders because I'm friends with the quarterback. I go, what the heck just happened? Devil, you're a liar. Every team I rooted for lost. And so my joy is like, we're leaving. We're packing our bags and getting the heck out of here. His joy never leaves. His joy doesn't depend on who won. Doesn't depend on this or that. He said, my joy, I'm giving in you. It's remaining in you. And then he says, now it's yours. And that your joy may be full. 
You with me? So, so when you when you give stuff to your kids, especially adult kids, you give give to your kids. You can't go to the house and say, "How's my thing doing?" What what, what do you mean? Oh, you know that thing I gave you. Well, well, it's mine now, Dad. You have to make the. And Jesus said, "It's it's still." from me but now it's yours you are the steward of it what you couldn't do come on bad Christians bad Christians what you gonna do what you go <laughs> what you gonna do when the devil comes for you <laughs> okay Jesus goes on to say in chapter 16, a couple points. No one can take your joy. We are designed to see our prayers answered. We are designed to see miracles. We are designed to see breakthroughs. When these things happen, our joy becomes full. In that day, Christ said, John 16, verse 23, you will ask me nothing. But assuredly, I say to you, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give it to you. So here's the proper way we pray. Our Father in heaven, I come to you in Jesus' name. I ask the Father by the name of Jesus. That's the way we approach the generality of most of our prayer. So he's introducing kind of a new format. And he said this, until now you've asked nothing in my name. Ask away. And you will receive that your joy may be full. There's nothing like the joy of answered prayers. Come on, there's nothing like the joy of a lost relative being saved, of a, of a sick person being healed, of a breakthrough in someone's life. There's nothing like that kind of tangible joy. And, and you are made to experience it. You are made to have the joy that comes from victorious moments of kingdom experience. Both the religious and political spirits share the common culture of making people miserable. Stay with me. <laughs> Lots of people claiming to have insight been awakened to deep cultural insight, you can't find a happy one among them. The more insight they get, the more unhappy they get. The culture of intense political activity is so related to the culture of lifeless religion. It makes people miserable. And the more they're engaged in that culture, the more misery they live in. Peter said, by the way, be ready to give a defense, an answer, an explanation. When people ask you for the reason of the hope that is within you. In the New Testament, the word hope is elpis, E-L-P-I-S in the Greek. It means to have a joyous expectation of good for the future. When people see your joy, they'll know you're living in hope. Forty-five percent of American teenagers feel hopeless, sad, despondent, and cannot function in normal life. CDC numbers. 
20% of them have contemplated suicide. 9% have tried suicide. We poured out the fury of hell on a generation that's made them all feel hopeless and they can barely function. And, and that's what the devil has done. And we want to introduce, I know revival is coming to that age group because if you want to know who God's going to use next, look, who, look who's the devil is attacking now. And so Jesus gives hope. He gives joy. He gives meaning. I can't imagine living life without purpose, without meaning. I, I, I'm not the descendant of an ape. I'm not the product of millions of years of evolution. I'm created in the image of God. I'm his child. He gave me purpose and meaning and value. In that day, Jesus said, he goes on to say, verse 20, later on in that chapter, and no man can take my joy from you. Let me say it like this. No one can take your joy without your permission. You have to grant them permission. Anyone that takes your joy becomes your master. Deuteronomy 28, God's, he lists 14 verses of the blessings and a bunch of verses of the cursing. And he said this, there's a curse for being joyless, joyless in your walk with God. He said this, because you've been joyless, you will serve the masters that took your joy. You know, I, God helped me, God brought me through a clinical, life-threatening depression 25 years ago. Serious. Finished my graduate work in psychology just to heal myself, to, to survive. <clears throat> The first thing that happened when I got depressed was I lost joy. And I lost joy because I lost hope. The first thing that happened when he gave me hope back is joy came back. My beautiful granddaughter, Isabella, she's the second oldest of our granddaughter, our grandkids, the great eight. She only knows a happy guy. Because Jesus took a broken, hopeless, joyless person and filled me with joy. If Jesus could raise me from the dead and, give, and make me a new man, there's no one here, no one listening, and no one you'll ever talk to. He can't do the same thing for. That's what he does. Romans 14, 17, the kingdom of God does not come with eating or drink, drinking. But the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy through the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit brings the culture of heaven. The culture of the kingdom of God is joy. It's joy. You want to drive the devil crazy, dance your way through that storm. Come on. Joy wins. Joy is victory. Joy attracts heaven. Joy releases miracles. Joy witnesses to others. Joyless Christianity is lifeless Christianity. Joyless Christianity is powerless Christianity. Being miserable isn't a sign that a person is godly. It's a sign that they're mentally and emotionally unhealthy. No person, problem, or circumstance has the power to take your joy without your permission. <laughs> 
don't know about you, but I'm not giving nobody my permission. <clears throat> I was in a, this is, this, this is when God was helping me 25 years ago to overcome depression. This person, I was, I ran into a church member, and an ex-church member, and they came and told me a horrible story about another church, what they were publicly saying about me. And this guy couldn't wait. You know, some people, they're anointed for gossip. Pastor, I, I just heard this thing. I just have to share it with you. Oh, thank you, my friend. Yeah, I hope you don't rot in hell or whatever. So he tells me this thing. So I, I said, excuse me. He's leaning into my window, car window. I, and I opened the car door. And, of course, I, I towered over the guy. And he's like, what's going on? I started jumping up and down and shouting praises to God. And I, I, I looked out in his driveway. I danced my way to joy. Now, that guy thought I was having a breakdown, but Jesus said, when men speak evil of you, in my name, rejoice. For great is your reward in heaven. I choose joy. I was with Mayor, beautiful Mary and uh, our lovely Pastor Joan. We were at a pastor's conference in Prescott. And back, so, the, so let me set it up for you that I'm done. And the, the conference was a great speaker, a guy that knew my family, my father. And, and so, it, and, but they had told him ahead of time, hey, we need your help because this young pastor is driving a Mercedes Benz. So what happened, my church, my church is a year old, and Warner Gomringer, member, I was praying for a car, he walked up to me and handed me the keys to a new Mercedes. Now, I am humble enough to take that. I pray for a car, thought I'd get a Ford, get a Mercedes. Oh, So it became the gossip of the little preacher circuit. Can you believe Maiden used to have a Mercedes? Who does he think he is? He's spending, I didn't spend a punny penny for it. In fact, I ended up giving it away to the guy who criticized me in the radio for having it. The pastor. True story. But the, so the, I, they, had a, they reserved a seat for Mary and I. Going in the front row, and the, and the sermon was, "Would Jesus drive a Mercedes?" And I'm in the front row; I can't get out, you know. So for like 55 minutes, I'm like, "Oh my God, my God!" He Oh God, I forgive him. I forgive him. I forgive him again. Oh God, bless him. And and so, the Lord said to me, "I want you to write him a big check." And I'm like, "Are you joking?" So I wrote the biggest check we'd ever written in a new church. And he said, thank you, Pastor Mark. He even got my name wrong. <laughs> so we got in the car, Joan and Mary and I. We're coming down from Prescott. And so the girls are quiet because they know what I just have been through. They're like. <laughs> and so maybe 10 minutes out of Prescott, the joy of the Lord hit me. And for the next hour and 15 minutes, I couldn't stop laughing. I laughed my way all the way down. From, I laughed my way out of religious criticism. I laughed my way out of judgments. I, I blessed someone who treated me like an enemy. You with me? I found that when we passed the test, joy is always there. Hey, thanks for listening to me today. Would you stand your feet, please?
prayer team, if you join me down front. The greatest moment and expression of joy a person can experience on this planet is the joy of having your sins forgiven. If you're here today, if you've never received the gift of the forgiveness of your sins through Jesus Christ, today's your day. The Bible says God so loved the world, the entirety of civilization, all of mankind, that he gave his only begotten son, that's Jesus, that whoever believes in Jesus would not perish but have everlasting life. If you've never received Jesus as your Savior, we'd be so humbly honored to pray for you. If you've been away from God, man, give the devil the black eye today and make this your turnaround day. If you're going through a difficult storm and maybe you need a healing in your body or your mind, we believe in praying the prayer of faith and declaring healing over those that need healing. Maybe this is just the toughest season. You're going through a tough week or tough season. You feel like everything's just piling up. Let someone encourage you, bless you, prophesy over you. We do all those things at the altar. Anyone wanting prayer, just for the next 90 seconds, church, would you worship God with me while those seeking prayer make their way forward? Wait, wait a second. I want you to think of a joyous song, Pastor yep. Moises. Got it. Because all the ones that didn't get my sermon are going to get the song. Turn to three people and say, I choose joy. Tell them that. Come on, get your dancing shoes on. Stay here as long as you want, fellowshipping and praying. Tell someone Jesus loves them. God bless you.